Welcome to the Switch Style Podcast, where we encourage you to think beyond what you hear. I'm your host, and I go by the name of Smooth. Audience, welcome back to the podcast. This is actually episode 85. Got another great one coming up for you. On this specific episode, I'm actually giving you my take on Justin Timberlake's latest album, which is titled Man of the Woods. But before we jump into that, I'll also update the Billboard charts for you guys. But before we go any further, I want to let you know you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. Again, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. Type in Switch Style Podcast. Subscribe everywhere on all three locations. And also, write a review if you get a chance. Um, You know, if you have any feedback for us, good or bad. Let me know. I would definitely love to hear it. And also follow me on Twitter at Jack's Journal. That's J-A-C-S Journal. So without further delay, we'll go ahead and jump into everything. On the Billboard 200, Atlanta rap trio Migos pick up their second number one. As culture debuts atop the chart with 199,000 units earned. Only 38,000 of those were traditional album sales. Quick note, Culture 2's number one debut makes the Migos the fifth rap group in history with multiple number one albums. They joined the Beastie Boys, who have four, A Tribe Called Quest, Bone Thugs in Harmony, and D12, who all have two albums apiece, two number one albums apiece, that is. British dance trio, Above and Beyond, they bow at number three with Common Ground. The set earned 64,000 units with 62,000 of those being traditional album sales. On the Hot 100, Drake scores the second week at number one with God's Plan picking up 83.3 million U.S. streams along the way. Elsewhere, Justin Timberlake, he places a second single from Man of the Woods in the top 10 as the Chris Stapleton featuring Say Something lands at number nine. The album's first single, which was Filthy, debuted in the same spot number nine a couple weeks ago in january one more quick note say something is also the first top 10 single for country superstar chris stapleton so congrats to you know everybody who made ways on the charts this week including justin timberlake chris stapleton migos and above and beyond so congrats to all of them so if you're here there's a good chance that you want to hear me talk about Justin Timberlake and his latest album which is titled Man of the Woods but there might be some of you guys who might not be familiar with Justin at all and if you're not hey it's okay I'll go ahead and give you a quick update so here we go I'll go ahead and give you guys a quick bio and just to bring those of you who don't know anything about him I'll just bring you up to speed so here we go Justin Timberlake or Justin Randall Timberlake was born January 31st, 1981 in Memphis, Tennessee. He mostly got his start performing on the new Mickey Mouse Club in 1993. In the late 90s, he formed pop supergroup NSYNC with fellow Mickey Mouse Club co-star J.C. Chazes, and the remaining members followed. With NSYNC, Timberlake appeared on their self-titled debut and Home for Christmas in 1998, No Strings Attached arrived in 2000 and 2001's Celebrity became the group's final album. 
Justin released his Grammy-winning solo debut Justified in 2002, and the multi-platinum Future Sex Love Sounds landed in 2006. After a seven-year break, mainly due to acting, he returned with a double album titled The 2020 Experience. And for those of you who do know, the albums were actually released months apart. So it was a double album, but they were released about five or six months apart. To date, Justin Timberlake, he's collected 10 Grammy Awards, five number one hits on Billboard Top 100, tens of millions of records sold worldwide, and has managed to become a respected actor along the way. And the album we're talking about, Man of the Woods, it was released February 2nd, 2018. I'm sure you guys saw him perform at the Super Bowl. He's already had two singles debut in the top 10 from that album, Man of the Woods. And he's actually expected to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 with the album next week. I'll have that for you guys next week. And they're saying he's probably going to sell around 300,000 albums. So we're looking forward to a big debut from Justin. So without further delay, I'll go ahead and give you guys my take on Justin's fifth studio album could be fourth depending on how you look at it so i'll go ahead and give you guys my take on man of the woods it shouldn't have to be said but to remind us all let's acknowledge justin timberlake as the transcendent superstar he is his status as a musical heavyweight is virtually indisputable during the nearly five-year gap between the latter half of 2013's the 2020 experience and his latest album man of the woods he appeared scarcely, assisting on Michael Jackson's posthumous Love Never Felt So Good and even added to his own collection of number one hits with Can't Stop the Feeling. The Grammy winner's fifth studio album, the aforementioned Man of the Woods, arrived prior to his highly condemned and also third Super Bowl halftime show appearance. That's a story for another day, but it is important to note considering its relevance as a major piece of the album's marketing strategy and essential part of Timberlake's redemption story. Personally, he's a happily married man to star wife Jessica Biel, who plays an integral role in the album's creation and father to nearly three-year-old Silas. Biel and Silas are without a doubt man of the woods focal point and inspiration, but Timberlake also figured he'd create a stretch assignment for himself by exploring what has become Tennessee's hallmark genre. As a native Memphian, Country music isn't unfamiliar territory for the songsmith, but it is a style deficient in its discography. Man of the Woods incorporates many elements of the genre, but as a whole it plays as a conflicting mix of cutting-edge pop, pedestrian R&B, and passable modern country. With this album, he had a chance to step away from the mega-producers who mostly authored his previous four projects and revamp his musical DNA, but he comfortably opted for an accustomed workplace. To be clear, and I just want to be honest about this, and anybody who hears this next statement, I'm, you're more than likely to agree with me. To be clear, any sensibly thinking artist would lament or regret passing on the chance to work with the Neptunes, Timbaland, Danger, and J-Rock. Honestly, I find it hard to fault his decision, but it does create a perception that he values convenient continuity above incommodious artistic growth. The Neptunes, if you're not familiar with the Neptunes, that's Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. These days, they rarely collaborate together. They rarely work together these days. 
They score the bulk of the album and some combination of Timbaland, Danger, or J-Rock support in various spots. Filthy, the album's lead single is a brilliantly produced fusion of electric funk and ultra-modern pop. It's a clear standout, but Timberlake's innocuous songwriting diminishes its potential impact. Timbaland and crew also deliver the full-flavored sauce, but it suffers the same fate as the opening number. As the Neptunes take control, the album settles into an uninventive stretch of folk-inflected R&B that at times is effective but mostly forgettable. Their venture into country-based production is convincing on the hard-tucking flannel, but it still feels inauthentic. Country music's most prominent and credible superstar at the moment, Chris Stapleton, lends a hand on Say Something. His presence alone isn't enough to salvage Man of the Woods' country ambition, but it does make Timberlake's intentions believable. For the most part, Justin Timberlake devotes the majority of the project's subject matter focusing on his insatiable love for his wife and even hands out daddy lessons to his only son. Altogether, Man of the Woods offers very little substance and will likely be discarded as an insignificant addition to his culture-shifting catalog. His lyrical phraseology has yet to improve and he feels out of sync with the primary co-creators of his superb debut, Justified. And when I said that, he feels out of sync with the Neptunes who produced the majority of, like I said, his debut album, Justified. But ultimately, most of the album's missteps are arguably trivial considering its intent. Man of the Woods will likely be viewed by most as a keepsake for Timberlake and family. He's no longer the pop superstar with the Playboy persona who we first met decades ago. Instead, he's a family man who's found his place in the world. The same can't be said about this specific project because like the title suggests, it's likely to be the lone Timberlake album, Lost in the Woods. So there you go, audience. That's my take on Justin Timberlake's fifth studio album, which is titled Man of the Woods. If you can tell by my review, I'm not a fan of it at all. I think this is easily Justin's less likable body of work. By me, at least. He described it as Americana with 808s. And, you know, I get that, you know, he tried to incorporate some elements of country music into it. But me, I'm of the belief. I just feel that if you intend to go that route, why not recruit the actual practitioners the people who make country music for a living, why not go to Nashville and actually recruit these people to help you make an authentic country album? And most of the album, it's not country. There's a lot of R&B, mostly from the Neptunes, and, you know, I called it cutting-edge pop from Timbaland, Danger, and J-Rock. I think Filthy and Sauce, I think the tracks are amazing, but lyrically... He just does not do them justice. I think he still has a lot to improve upon lyrically, but I think he's really on the downside at this point in his career. We have probably gotten the best that we will get out of Justin Timberlake. I hate to say that, but this is probably the best we're going to get out of him. His best days are probably behind him because, you know, he's in the movies. He's acting. He's doing his thing. He's a married man now. He has a father, you know, and there's a good chance he could have more children later on. And, you know, he has other business interests. As I mentioned before, he's a native of Memphis, Tennessee, Millington, Tennessee, to be exact. For those of you who are from the South or 
anyone who is familiar with the Memphis area, Billington is one of the northern suburbs of Memphis. And I said all that to say that he has a vested interest. He's a part owner of the Memphis Grizzlies basketball team, and there's no telling what else he has his hand into. I won't go so far as to call it the beginning of the end, but I just don't see him making another really good album for a long time, honestly. And this moment for Justin really reminds me of Usher's Here I Stand album. That was the album where Usher was, you know, he was freshly married. His newfound wife was the inspiration for the album. And I feel like that same place that Usher was in, I I think Justin Timberlake is in that place right now. But for the most part, I thought him and the Neptunes, they just weren't together. And, you know, audience, if you're a fan of the Neptunes, this is actually one of the first times that outside of their work on Nerd's latest album, this is the first time that Pharrell and Chad have been in the studio, to my knowledge. Because, you know, for a long time, I mean, they dominated pop music, music in general. And Chad stepped away to do his own thing. But Pharrell, he continued to produce under Neptune's name. And he had hits like Blurred Lines and, you know, Get Lucky with Daft Punk. And Pharrell continued to do amazing things. But you could tell, you know, the chemistry that Justin, Pharrell, and Chad had on Justified, it's just not there this time around. Like, the chemistry is a lot better on the tracks produced by Timbaland, Danger, and J-Rock. And I felt those were some of the best produced tracks. They produced Filthy, Say Something, there's another track towards the end of the album, and Sauce. And also, people like Eric Hudson who's produced for Kanye West, among many other people. He was involved with some of the instrumentation and had some production duties. And Rob Knox, who's, you know, a well-known pop producer, he produced a few tracks, and Justin himself was involved in the production. But the entire album, it just felt uninspired. As a whole, like I said, I'm really not impressed. You know, I definitely expected more from Justin, considering, you know, he's had a significant amount of time off. And with him having... Timbaland, both Neptunes in the fold, and among, you know, all of the other producers, I just expected more. I expected a better level of quality, and we didn't get it here, but I'll still continue to support them. But audience, I would suggest that you guys stream this album only. And that's tough for me to say, because, you know, Justin is one of my favorite artists, and he's from Memphis. He's from my hometown. You know, it's sad to say, but not only Justin, but a lot of my Artists from Memphis like K. Michelle and Yo Gotti, Moneybag Yo. A lot of these artists, I really hadn't bought their music lately. I just think it's coming from a wider problem within the music industry. Just the, the lack of overall great content. But, you know, that's a discussion for another day. But I would say go out and stream it. You know, if you decide to buy it, I'm sure Justin would appreciate it. But that's only my opinion. You know, if you have any comments or feedback for me, just let me know. But I appreciate you guys listening. And again, you can follow the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud. Go subscribe. Go leave comments. Write a review if you like it. Let me know if you don't like it. Let me know also. Any feedback is always welcome. But thanks again, audience. I appreciate it. This has been episode 85 of the Switched Out Podcast. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace.